0: This evening, we will be looking at God's Word from Genesis 2, verses 1 through 3. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to Genesis 2, verses 1 through 3. <clears throat> and we're going to be talking on a what I think is a very important topic of rest. We're, we're doing a two-part series on work and rest. If you hear here last week, Jason preached on work, and I'm preaching this week Uh, today on rest. And so uh, let's go to God's Word. Genesis 2, verses 1 to 3 says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So we're going to look at four points on this idea of rest from this Genesis 2 passage. So the four points, we're going to look at the, uh, the natural rhythm of work and rest that God intends for us to have, this natural rhythm of work and rest. Uh, we're going to look at what to do with the Sabbath. So the Sabbath is something that we need, to, we need to deal with and what's going on with the Sabbath and what can we learn from that? What is the purpose of the Sabbath or rest? And then the fourth point is, how do we, how do we rest well? Try to get some practical handles on, on how we can practically play this out, how we can practically rest well. So if you ever find yourself saying things like, I need to decompress. I feel like I need some more margin in my life. If I could just get a good night's sleep, my wife or my husband is always getting on to me about how much I work. I constantly feel restless. I've felt so stressed lately. I feel like I'm burned out. I've been so busy lately. I'm just tired. So if you find yourself saying these type things, it may be that your, your work rest Schedule is out of balance and it's out of sync with what the Word of God would say is a healthy work rest balance. And so, this is what we want to get at. We want to get at this question of how do we rest well? Uh, what, is, what does rest look like from the Bible? You know, it's interesting when you look at the work week, Jason preached on work last week. Uh, when you look at the work week over the last couple of centuries, Uh, it, It used to be that people would work 65 to 70 hours, I'm talking back in the 1800s, they would work 65 to 70 hours a week of very hard labor. And that was just normal. That was accepted. They would oftentimes work six days a week. Sometimes they would work seven days a week. And then, as uh, you know, the industrial revolution came on, and we got more heavy machinery and things like that. Uh, then it started to replace some jobs, and, and we said, well, "Hey, why don't we work less?" You know, and people started to work less. And then, getting into the the 20th century, the 1900s, kind of the turn of the century, we went to 60-hour work weeks, and then eventually 50-hour work weeks, and About the mid 20th century, got to our normal 40 hour work week that that we know is pretty normal today. And yet, there's a lot of companies today that are uh, kind of testing out, you know, and these are the more progressive companies that are kind of testing out the four day work weeks. You know, can we be more efficient, more effective in four days rather than a five day work week? And so, there seems to be this this progression of trying to move towards uh, working less and less hours in the week. And and I would venture that part of that, I think, has to do with um, something inside of our bodies that are telling us we need time to rest. We need time to rest. And some people are taking that extra time and they're actually not using it for rest. And so it's not necessarily a good thing. But uh, I I think part of that is our bodies that are telling us we need to rest. And so we kind of have this spectrum of, you you have this crowd, and and it's always the younger crowd, kind of millennials that get beat up on stuff, that, uh, you know, you you work, the goal is to work less and less, and to make more and more, you know, and that seems to be the goal, so that we can kind of do whatever we want with that extra time that we have, and then you have the, kind of the old school, maybe my generation, or a little older, or whatever, and, and that's like the workaholic generation, And it's really like the work hard, play hard generation. And I use this all the time with our staff. We're a work hard, play hard staff because we do. We work hard and we play hard. But the problem with work hard, play hard is that everything's hard, it's just all hard. When are we having time to rest? If it's all work hard and play hard, where's the rest? And so you, you kind of have this spectrum and you can place yourself on this spectrum of where you land. Are you a workaholic and you tend that way? Or you tend to, to lean more towards that, man, I, I just want to work less and less so that, and, and make more and more. Um, so where are you on that spectrum? You know, when thinking about rest anxiety is another interesting topic when, uh, when looking at the, at the topic of rest. And so just looked up a few statistics on anxiety. Uh, first, a little definition of anxiety. Anxiety is the body's response to worry and fear was the definition that I found. So worry and fear happens in our lives. Certain situations happen. We have worry, we have fear, and it creates this you know, bodily response to that call we call anxiety. And so anxiety is, is experienced by many in our, in our society, society today, um, the most common mental illness in the U.S. is anxiety disorders. There's 40 million uh, U.S. adults, ages 18 and over, that suffer from anxiety disorders, and so uh, it's a it's a very big problem. Uh, some of the main stressors that we face today, I, I found some of them were kind of no-brainers, and then some of them are, huh, that's interesting. But uh, the long-term health of yourself or a loved one is a main stressor. That, that's no-brainer. Sometimes we, we stress out about our health or, you know, we have a, someone who's come down with a, with a disease or a long-term illness and, and we uh, experience stress or anxiety over that. Uh, debt or finances, another no-brainer. This is something that we stress out about, we have anxiety about. Um, the, uh, th- this is an interesting one. The need to respond to messages instantly is apparently causing a lot of stress for people today, a lot of anxiety you know, if you don't respond within like three and a half seconds, you feel like, oh no, what are they thinking? You know, and and there's this, all this mind game that goes on or man, it took me 20 minutes to respond to that text message. So apparently this is causing a lot of stress for people today. Um, the, the need to, uh, to respond instantly. Um, pressure to succeed is another big cause of stress, another big cause of anxiety, pressure to succeed. Housing worries is another one where you live. And, um, about your house. Uh, 36% of women and 23% of men uh, experience regular stress or anxiety related to appearance or body image. That's that's definitely a thing. I don't think that's a surprise to any of us. 49% of 18 to 24-year-olds are experiencing stress on a regular basis by comparing themselves to others. And there was a whole uh, research that was done on Instagram and how that affects our 18 to 24 year olds and 24-year-olds. And that, that was kind of the research that was found, that like half of the 18 and 24-year-olds, both boys and girls, are, are experiencing lots of stress over comparing themselves to other people. And so this stress and this anxiety, this worry, this fear that has kind of gripped our society, it can lead to other things. It can lead to panic disorder, phobia-related diseases, obsessive-compulsive disorder, and there's all kinds of things that can happen. The CDC reports that one in three adult Americans do not get enough sleep or have some level of insomnia. And so in a room this size, I don't know if there's 100 of us here today, but maybe 30 of us are experiencing some level of insomnia or having difficulty sleeping. We have difficulty resting. And so the point being, there is a lot of unrest and restlessness in our society today. You know, it's very interesting because some would argue that we live in the greatest nation in history we have more comforts than we have ever had before we're now working less many many of us are working less than we than we would have in the past 100 years ago or 200 years ago. We have more automation, more technology. We even have artificial intelligence these days that are helping to structure and organize and seemingly help our lives. We can go further. We can get there faster. We have medicine and medical care that is far superior to anything in the past, and yet stress, anxiety, worry, and fear seem to be out of control. Uh, Wouldn't you think it's just the opposite? I mean, you would think it's the opposite. That we have all these things to help us these days, and yet this stress and anxiety stuff is like through the roof. And so many people are experiencing it. You know, there's likely multiple issues that are going on here, but I think one way that we might be off is in our understanding and our practice of rest. So it begs the question: what does rest look like from a biblical perspective? If we can begin to get at the answer to this question, I think we can be helped and I think we can see what the Lord intends for us to do. So point number one, let's look at the natural rhythm of work and rest, the natural rhythm of work and uh, work and rest. So Jason preached last week on work and pointed out a few verses related to work. I, I think I have them up there, but Genesis 1.28, uh, this is to Adam and Eve, and it, he, God tells them to subdue the earth and to have dominion over it. In uh, Genesis 2.15, uh, said it, put him in the garden, put Adam in the garden to work it and to keep it. In 2.19, it says that man was given the task to name the animals. And so work was, was In God's created order, and it's very important that it was in God's created order before the curse entered, before man fell into sin, we see work in the created order. And it's not only work, but we also have rest that is in the created order before man falls into sin. These are not a result of the fall. And so uh, in Genesis 2, verse 2, it says, And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day. So even though God himself has no need of rest, he was setting up a model for us to work and then to rest. And to actually set apart a day, it says that he set apart that day and made it holy. Meaning holy, whenever you see the word holy, you can think of set apart. It's kind of the translation for holy. So holy is set apart. He set apart that day to be a special day of rest, you know, we we have great need of daily rest, and I think this is an easy one for us to grasp. Uh, about a fourth, or maybe even a third, of our lives is spent asleep. We're, we, all, we all sleep every night, or, or most of us do. And, uh, and so a, a lot of our lives are spent asleep. And so we understand that like our bodies need to recharge. They need to be refreshed through sleep. And we understand that one. But we also need weekly rest. And it seems to be that God actually, through his created order, has has made it this way where we need this weekly rest. Our bodies need it. And if we're not getting it, then something is going to be off. And so we see that God worked for six days and he rested on the seventh day. He was modeling this rest for us. It is interesting that both of these were pre-fall. They were were before the the curse of sin entered. It, It would have been different had Adam and Eve fell into sin and then all of a sudden God loads them up with all this work. And that would have meant that work was actually a result of the fall. Or if rest was given to them after the fall. It would have meant that rest was actually a, a result of the fall. But it's not the case. Before man fell into sin, we see that work and rest was intended by God. This was, this was how, we're meant to, how we're meant to live. And so uh, if we can begin to get this right, this regular rhythm of work and rest, that we work, we rest, we work, we rest, we work, we rest. If we can begin to get this right, I think we can begin to live lives that are honoring to God. I think we can experience peace and freedom from this anxiety and stress and worry and fear that, all, that just seems to consistently haunt us. Uh, as believers, I, I, I think we should have a sense that we live steady and stable, confident lives in the Lord. I, I think we should, we should do this. And I think all of us can get there. But we've got we've to get this whole work-rest thing right. So God worked six days, he rested on the seventh. It's a model for us. It was also a model for the people that he called to himself, and we read about all through the Old Testament, called Israel. And so God actually institutes a very special day for them of rest that we know as the Sabbath. And so second point is, what do we do with the Sabbath? What do we do with the Sabbath? Are we we still supposed to take a Sabbath? Are we supposed to honor this commandment? So if you look in Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, this is God giving the Ten Commandments to Moses. And you can think of the Ten Commandments as kind of like ten summary statements of the entire law that is given to Israel in the Old Testament. Okay, so these are like 10 summary statements. Uh, We we call it the Mosaic Law in theological terminology. It it simply means the law that was given to Moses and that was given to Israel as a whole. And so these are kind of 10 summary statements, but we're zeroing in on his one commandment of Sabbath. And we find it there in verse 8 through 11. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it on it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So we see right there that... Because of God's model back in Genesis 2, he's now instituting this special day of rest for his people, Israel. Uh, the, the, the Jewish people, they would take their Sabbath. So their Sabbath was from Friday roughly at 6 p.m. to Saturday at 6 p.m. And so it was this 24-hour period. And so you, you hear that terminology used a lot. I, I, I'm going to take my Sabbath today. Well, Okay, you're not really taking the Jewish Sabbath. The Jewish Sabbath would be 6 p.m. Friday to 6 p.m. Saturday. And so they would, they would use that time. And also, they would do no work. In fact, the word Sabbath, if you're taking notes, this is a good one to write down. The word Sabbath, it means to cease or to stop. Okay? This is instructive for us. The word Sabbath, it means to cease or to stop. And so they would do just that. From 6 p.m. Friday to 6 p.m. Saturday, they would cease their work and they would stop. In fact, they could not even light a fire to warm their food. And so on Friday afternoon, if you wanted to eat during the Sabbath, they would have to, they would have to put a very low burning light under the food that would kind of keep it. I mean, think crock pot. And they would have to keep it all all through that 24 hour period so that they could eat. Some some good warm food. <clears throat> so uh, I want you to think of uh, think of these advertisements for like the perfect vacation, or like the most wonderful retirement destination. Okay, well, what what comes to your mind when you think of like the perfect vacation? Some people are are beach people and you you think you you know you've got it in your mind this this white sand, pristine beach with these this blue ocean that's out in front of you and these these waves that are kind of coming up and lapping at your feet and you've got your beach chair and it's just this beautiful day and, and maybe your spouse is there with you or a loved one and you're sitting there and there's no one else around and it's just you. That sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Or maybe you're on the top of a mountain and you're at a log cabin and you're, you're, you're not a beach person, you're more of a mountain person, and so you're, 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 you're looking out over this, on the back porch of this majestic scene on the top of a mountain where you're looking at a, all these uh, beautiful trees and you've got some, some, uh, some mountains in view with, with, with valleys and canyons and just this beautiful scene. And again, you might be there with your spouse or loved one, but there's no one else around. You know what these advertisements are doing? They're selling you a Sabbath. They're tapping into something that is inside of you that God, as as his image bearers, he has put this inside of you. And it's this yearning to cease and to stop. And so we look at those images and we have those images in our mind and we think, man, I would love to be there right now. And it appeals to us. It's not a hard sell. It's not a hard sell because we love it. We want to do that. We want to cease and we want to stop. But here's the problem. The problem is you can't bank Sabbath time. You can't bank rest time. Okay? And so we think, man, I'm going to have that vacation in August, so I'm going to go hard and I'm just going to go. I'm going to work myself to death until I get there. Man, we're going to get to the beach and we're just going to chill. It's going to be perfect. Or maybe you think, I'm just going to keep working hard, and I don't know when to stop. I'm just working, 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 because I'm saving up for retirement, man. When we get to that retirement destination, it's all going to be serene. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be wonderful. We're going to do whatever we want to do. I'm not necessarily saying that's not something you ought to desire, you got an opportunity to take the vacation? Brad and Shannon, after the, after the uh, 1030 service today, they headed to the beach. They're taking a week at the beach. And, uh, and I said, Shannon, you go have fun. It's going to be awesome. So, I mean, go take that vacation. Have, have in your sights, if you've brought it before the Lord, you feel like the Lord's blessing that retirement destination, then you, you, you have that in your sights. That's fine. But the whole point is, is you can't bank that Sabbath time. You are not meant to work yourself to death or to use all your time for fun and entertainment until you get to that time when you cease and you stop. Because God has actually, he, he's actually built it into creation that we are supposed to have this regular rhythm, weekly rhythm of work and rest, So we still need to answer the question, are we supposed to honor the Sabbath? You know, as we read it here in Exodus 20 and there's other, there's other uh, places in the Old Testament. And so are, are we supposed to honor the Sabbath? Are we supposed to keep this Sabbath? And I would say the answer is yes and no. More accurately, it's no and yes, okay? No, we are not supposed to honor the Sabbath because the Sabbath was actually something that was given to the people of Israel, as we said earlier, in the Mosaic law. Jesus came and Jesus said that he came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And so we no longer, as those who are in Jesus under the new covenant, we are no longer under that Mosaic law. So we do not have to keep a Sabbath. You don't have to beat yourself up that you're not keeping a Sabbath from Friday 6 p.m. to Saturday 6 p.m. You're not supposed to do that. But the answer is also yes, you are supposed to keep a sort of Sabbath because God intends for us still to have these regular rhythms of work and rest. We, we see this in the in the ministry of Jesus himself, and I think we've got some verses up there just to affirm this. But in Mark 1.35, we see how Jesus was rising very early in the morning. While it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And we see Jesus kind of stealing away for those times of rest. And particularly, he would steal away to pray, to connect with his father. In Mark 6, he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. And I think we have a couple of Luke verses as well that shows this. And when it was day, he departed and went to a desolate place. And then Luke 5 it says he would withdraw to a desolate place and pray. So we see from the ministry of Jesus himself that he would he would take he, he seemed to have and seemed to affirm this regular rhythm of work and rest. And he would he would work himself like crazy. I mean, they would do serious ministry. He and the disciples would be out there, and there were times where he just had to steal away and he went to a desolate place and he would kind of recharge and have that regular rhythm. Uh, Another statement that Jesus makes about the Sabbath, I think is very instructive for us to understand the Sabbath. In Mark 2, 27, Jesus said that Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And if we can kind of understand what Jesus is saying here, we can start to get at what this Sabbath or this rest is supposed to mean for us. Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. What Jesus is saying is that Sabbath is not a set of rules that we have to follow. That's not why God gave it to us. Sabbath is a gift from the Lord. Sabbath was made for man. God gave this to us as a gift because the way that he created us, we need that time built into our weekly schedule where we steal away and we rest. We need this time so we're still meant to have this weekly rhythm of rest. Don't don't leave here and if you feel like you say the word sabbath, you know, I need to take a sabbath, you're saying something wrong. No, that's fine. You can still use that terminology because sabbath just remember that it means to cease. It means to stop. So if you're if if you're taking a day of rest, and you're ceasing from your work and you're stopping then you can use that language. I, I don't think that's a problem. Just realize like, you're not keeping the Jewish Sabbath, uh, and, and you don't have to. We are, we are under the Spirit in the new covenant in Jesus, uh, but we are meant to have that regular rhythm of work and rest in our life. And I think that many of us are probably neglecting this gift that the Lord has given us to actually cease from our work and to rest. So it leads us to the third point. I, I think this is one of the most important ones. What is the purpose? What is meant to be the purpose of Sabbath or rest? What's meant to be the purpose of it? So again, we, we turn to the word, and uh, there's certain things in the Old Testament. I got a few verses up here from the Old Testament uh, looking at Israel's Sabbath, and I think it's very instructive to how we are supposed to cease and to stop and to take that day of rest. And so you can see from Exodus 20, this is when God gives Moses the Ten Commandments, when he gives him the commandment about the Sabbath. He says, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Okay, that's important. Exodus 31:15, he says, six days, talking about the Sabbath as well. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord, set apart to the Lord. In Isaiah 58, 13 and 14 is a, is a, is a passage that uh, Isaiah is writing to Israel about Sabbath. And uh, on, in verse 14 it says, You shall take delight in the Lord on the Sabbath. You shall take delight in the Lord on the Sabbath. And that's, and that's, that's getting at what the purpose of Sabbath is. Okay, it, it's, a, it's a day set apart, a day that's holy to, for people to stop. And reflect, to meditate, take delight in the Lord. A day set apart to get recharged and refreshed in the Lord. Don't leave off that prepositional phrase. Oftentimes we do, that we just want to get recharged and refreshed. But we're getting recharged and refreshed in the Lord. This is the purpose of Sabbath. This is the purpose of a biblical rest. You cease from your work, you stop from your work to get recharged. In the Lord. So in a biblical sense, a true day of rest should be refreshing in both a physical sense and a spiritual sense. You, you should be refreshed in both, in both senses. But I think many probably just think in terms of physical rest. You know, you think in terms of, man, I just want to do nothing. And we kind of neglect our relationship with the Lord during that time. We, we, we neglect the, the very thing that will refresh us and recharge us the most, and that's to connect with the Lord. So if you'll remember, the Sabbath is part of the law, the Mosaic law, right? Uh, there was a guy that came to Jesus one time and said, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And you guys all know Jesus's answer. He looked at him and he said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second, Jesus wasn't asked the second, but he threw in a second. He said, the second is is similar to it, and it's to love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said that all the law and the prophets can be summed up in these two things, okay? Including the Sabbath. So for the Sabbath, we should be getting at these two things. So a uh, a day of true biblical rest is gonna include times when you're loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and you're loving your neighbor as yourself. And I think that starts to provide some parameters for us in how we can use this day of rest. And so we'll, we'll get to that in a, in, a, in a minute on how we can use this, uh, this day of rest. But it, it's interesting because oftentimes we think of that day of rest as this is me time. What am I going to do with my time? And some of that is oftentimes these days, I think is looking at fun and entertainment. Like what can I do that's fun? And that's what we look to. But sometimes it's just me time. I just want to do whatever I want to do. I want to binge out on Netflix or I want to do whatever. And we see that as rest. But I'll tell you this, anytime we start to focus on self, I can guarantee you that we're getting off of what the Bible intends for us to do. Okay? And it's actually a a crazy paradox in Scripture that when we focus on self, it seems like we actually have this insatiable desire to to fulfill ourselves and to fulfill ourselves and to fulfill ourselves. And we can never seem to quite get there. But when we take up Jesus in his word, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. When we focus on God and we focus on others, it's amazing how refreshed we become and how recharged we become. And so I, I would say, like, don't you don't think in terms of a day of rest as a, as as me time, as a, as a selfish time that I get to do whatever I want to do. Focus on the Lord first and foremost. And I would say that you can also focus on others. And that's going to lead us to our fourth point. How do we rest well? So it, I, I didn't want to preach this sermon and, and not give some practical handles as to what does this kind of rest look like? Like, what are you talking about? So I'm going to give a few, I'm going to give a few ideas, uh, or a few suggestions of things that we can do that, that I think would fall under biblical rest. Uh, these are, these are things that would be resting well. And so it's kind of a Tough question to answer, though, and so I don't want you to just take these and try to implement these. Remember, we don't live under the law anymore; we live under the spirit, and so we are to come before the Lord, and we're to ask His spirit to speak to us. And and you can you can come before the Lord yourself, and you can say, Lord, how do you want me to use my day of rest so that I'm so that I'm using it well. One. One way that is, is kind of obvious, but sometimes we, we just neglect it, is that we can have extended times in the Word and prayer, okay? Sounds very basic, but we can have extended times where we're in the Word and in prayer. Uh, our our, our family, this is my wife Jo Beth on the front row, our, our family lived in the country of Indonesia for 11 years. We were missionaries there and worked with Indonesian church planners. And uh, tried to share the gospel and plant churches among a Muslim people group there in Indonesia. And while we were doing that, I was also uh, taking time to uh, further my education. So I was getting another degree at a seminary. And um, I, I was reading lots of books, you know, very deep, heavy theological books. And I, I was focusing in on writing my, my dissertation on, on the incarnation of Jesus. I mean, this is like the heart and soul of the gospel, of the whole Bible. Maybe the climax of the Bible is when Jesus became flesh and uh, when, when God became flesh in the person of Jesus. And so, I, so I'm doing all these studies and I, I'm reading these books and then, as I went on, I, I could feel my heart growing cold, and, and I could see inside that I was just drying up. And my desire to actually come to the Word for spiritual nourishment was no longer there, and it became this academic exercise to me. And my heart just began to grow cold. And so I, I kind of got to the end of the, my rope, and I and I finally just said, "Jebeth, I, I I just feel so dry." I feel so cold. I've got to do something. And so I did. I booked a hotel room for one night, and I went and spent 24 hours with the Lord. And I didn't know what I was going to do during that time. I took my Bible, and I ended up taking my laptop because I listened to a little music. But I just went and had no idea. So I, I, I checked into this hotel room, and it was just a small hotel room. And I went and sat on the bed. And I just started to pour my heart out before the Lord. And I said, Lord, I I don't even know why I'm here. I don't even know what I'm doing. But I know this, my heart is cold right now. And I feel so dry. And I need you to refresh me, but I don't know how that's going to happen. And I don't know why, but the song, Thy Word, came into my mind. You know that song? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's based on uh, Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so I, 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 so I looked up this line on uh, this song on YouTube and, and I'm listening to this song on YouTube and I begin to listen to it. And man, it was touching something very deep in my soul. And so I listened to it again and I listened to it again and I listened to it again. And I'm just, I just have this song on repeat and I keep listening to it. And as I'm listening to it, Literally, I, I just break down and there are tears just streaming down my face and I get on my knees on the side of that bed and, and I, don't know, I don't know how long it went on. I don't know how many times I listened to that song, but I just did business with the Lord and said, I am dry. And it was as if like the, the clean, fresh water of Jesus just started to wash over my soul. And I, I began to have a renewed love for his word. And from there on, I began to have just rich times where I would come to his word and I would just feast on his word. And I renewed my time in the Lord, that, that need for daily rest that we talked about. Part of that is, is spending time in the word. And so I would wake up early every morning. I would just have rich times in the word and in prayer. And I needed that. So extended time in the word and prayer. This is, this is one way that I think that we can get at uh, biblical rest. I'll give you a couple other, a few other Uh, examples of what biblical rest can be. Uh, Journaling, I think is a great thing to do on a day of rest. Journaling, some of you are like, I journal all the time. That's great. I want to keep journaling. Some of you are like, what are you talking about, dude? I've never journaled a day of my life. Why in the world would I write anything down? But the thing that it causes you to do, journaling causes you to slow down and you actually process and order your thoughts differently when you start to write them out on a page. And just take me up on it, guys. A lot of girls journal. But guys, I, I don't know. We, we think, oh, dear diary, you know, or whatever. and We think it's a, a girly thing, but it's not. Like, just journal and just, just start to do it. And you'll see, man, I'm starting to get a lot out on the page that I never had before. Reading an edifying book, I think, is another great way. Find a good book. There are so many great books out there that you can read to start to, start to edify. Uh, in the fall, we're going to start a class on C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis is one of the guys that I started to read in high school into college that meant so much to my walk in the Lord. Pick up Mere Christianity. Oh, my goodness, it is, like, so rich. Pick up a book like that. And just read it. Just kind of feast on it. It's an edifying book. Uh, These are kind of things that you're doing with the Lord. Again, this is. it it feels like a focus on you, but it's not a focus on you. This is not a focus on self. This is a focus on the Lord. You're working on your relationship with the Lord, connecting with the Lord. But I, I think during a day of rest, you can also connect with other people. Remember, Jesus said the the law and the prophets are summed up in those two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. So I think you can go have a cup of coffee with an old friend and catch up and connect and just sit there and have edifying conversation. Have a life-giving conversation. And and this is a this is a part of rest. I think you experience what the Bible is talking about as rest. You can take a walk. You can take a walk and you can listen to worship music and you can intentionally pray for things that are going on in your life. You can reflect on your relationship with the Lord and where am I right now? How's my heart doing? You can reflect on your relationships with other people. How are those doing? How's my wife? How's my kids? How are my friends? How are things going? Am I keeping a short list of accounts with people or do I have a lot of big housekeeping lists that I need to go take care of? Need to go ask some forgiveness. Need to make some things right with people. So take a walk. I think that's a great way to use your day of rest. Uh, having a meal with family and friends. I'm, I'm not talking about zipping through the Chick fil A uh, uh, drive thru. I couldn't remember what it was called. The Chick fil A drive thru, and, and you, you, know, you get to go food and you take it home and everybody just kind of scarfs down their food and then keeps doing whatever they're doing. No, I'm talking about having a meal. Like, you, you go, and you prepare good food, and you sit down with loved ones, with family, or with friends, and you sit there, and you, you don't have a timer on it, and you just sit there, and you enjoy a long meal with edifying conversation. We experienced this with uh, Graham and Tara, and their family came over to our house, and we just had this... This amazing time where they came over, grilled out some stuff, and then just ate together. And we stayed up. We, we just talked for hours and just enjoyed good food and good drink and good conversation. And it was so edifying and it was so enriching. And after that, I can honestly say I felt rested. It was good. We did that last we had the opportunity to do that last night too Ryan and Rebecca Shl- uh, Schlender had us over to their house and we uh, with a few other couples in the church and, and it was just an amazing time she's an amazing cook made this such good food and we just enjoyed great conversation with each other so that's a way that you could do it I don't know how to put this in the category of rest, but I, I know this works for my wife and so some of you might be like her, but she loves to run I, I go running about two or three times a week on average. And I do it. And right when I start, I can't wait till it's done. Uh, Beth is very different. She goes running and she wants it to last forever. She just loves to run. And so she experiences some level of rest when she goes and runs and just has worship music playing and she prays and she kind of uses it as a lot of people use a walk and she just uses that time. So that's another, that's another way that I think you can do it. Uh, Another thing that you can do is simply come to corporate worship. You're doing it. But what is your attitude when you come in here? Is this also kind of in the category of me time? It should not be. This should be a focus on the Lord. Connecting with the Lord. You can also connect with other brothers and sisters that are in Christ. You can look to give an edifying word to somebody, an encouraging word to somebody. Man, when you start to do this stuff, your heart is rejuvenated. And it gets to be refreshed. Trust me, take the focus off yourself. You will feel so much more refreshed. So some of you might be sitting here thinking, I really don't know what this kind of rest looks like. I mean, I, mean, I understand what you're saying, but I don't do this kind of stuff. I, I just fill up my time with whatever. And I'm always looking to have fun, always looking to have the next adventure, I love to tell people what I did with my weekend. So some of you are like, I understand what you're saying. I just don't do this. Some of you might be uh, sitting here saying, I've experienced these types of rest many times in my life. But right now, I'm just totally out of balance. I'm just not there. I'm not resting. I'm not experiencing this kind of rest. And so I would say... To both of you and to all of us, the answer is exactly the same. Jesus says it in Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Really all you have to do is simple. You come to Jesus. I know that sounds too simplistic, but it really is that simple. Just come to Jesus. Sit down in a place. Stand up, whatever you want to do. Lay down and cease. Stop. Stop. Disconnect and then just start to pour your heart out to the Lord and just tell him what's going on. Little pro tip, he already knows your heart, he already knows what's going on. But there's something about it when we verbalize it to the Lord and when we start to just tell him what is going on. The Lord loves that level of honesty, and I think there's great humility in that too. And God always the word says, gives grace to the humble. And so when you come before the Lord and you start, to, you start to just pour out your heart to the Lord, he will listen to you. He will listen to you. And Jesus says, I will give you rest. So part of it is us just taking God at his word, taking Jesus at his word, that he really will give us rest. I don't think the problem is Jesus. I think he's sitting there waiting to give all of us The rest that he wants us to give. I think the problem oftentimes is us. You know, some of you might have sin that is in your life. These patterns of sin that you keep falling into. Trust me, it will complicate rest. You you cannot rest well when you have complicating sin patterns that are in your life. You just can't do it. And so what's the answer there? Come to Jesus. Come to him and repent. Repent. Turn those things over to the Lord and say, I repent of these things. I want to surrender this area of my life to you so that I can experience this rest. I'm tired of the stress. I'm tired of the anxiety. I'm tired of the worry and the fear that I've been experiencing so much. And I just want to rest. And Jesus says, I will give you rest. You know, it's interesting in our Genesis 2 passage passage, Way back here, it says that God finished the work that he had done, and then he rested. John 19, Jesus is hanging on the cross. And he, he says, while he's on the cross, he says, I thirst. He says, I'm thirsty. I need something to drink. I'm parched. And they take a branch, and they put this sponge on the branch, and they dip it in sour wine, and they hold it up to him, his mouth. And it says that he tasted it right after he tasted it. He lifted up his spirit and he says, it is finished. Similar to how God finished his work. Jesus finished his six days of work as it were, and then he rested. Jesus on the cross, he took the penalty of sin. He took our sin and our shame on himself and he paid for it. And after he did, he laid in the tomb and he rested. He ceased from his work. He stopped from his work. He had accomplished what the Lord had, what the Father had sent him to accomplish. And as the one who died and he paid that penalty for our sin, he rose three days later, defeating death, and he is the one who can provide us with true rest, And so as Jesus experienced that rest, he's also the life giver that can give us that rest as well. And we can experience that rest. I want to ask Jordan and the band to come up here. And rather than finish our time in prayer, I I want this song that they sing to be uh, like a prayer. Okay? Uh, Jordan's going to sing this song called come to Jesus. It's based on Matthew 11. It's a new song and um, but it, it's amazing. And so I would just say, sit in your seats some of you might want to sing along sing along. Your heart might be filled with joy and you might be experiencing rest on a, on a, on a regular rhythm of work and rest and you just sing and, and worship the Lord, praise the Lord. Some of you might need to sit in your seats and you might just need to bow your head you might just need to come before the Lord right now and just tell Him what's on your heart and so I would say feel free to do that but let's sing now the song, Come to Jesus.